It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie, right here on 104.9, the Horn Smooth Soul Monday. And I guess TCU fans are hoping uh, there will be a lot of happiness in the air uh, because they're hoping they can pull off one of the greatest upsets in national title history in college football. They are currently, did you say 13 and a half, Arch? 13 and a half 13 point. 13 and a half point dog. Dog. The last time we remember a team being that big of an underdog in a national title game, you got to go back to 1984. Uh, Miami was a 11-point dog. 11-point mm-hmm. dog to number one Nebraska. They did pull off the upset, though, 31 to 30. Um, and that was a long time ago, 1984, in the Orange Bowl. That's and I think Alabama was favored by nine and a half over Ohio State in 2020. Um, I think Alabama was favored by nine and a half over with Notre Dame, I believe, as well. You just don't see a lot of lines that big. You just don't at all. And getting bigger, yes, getting bigger. That's why I'm sitting here trying to figure out. Like it didn't move. It started out that way. It was. It, it did. It, it, right. I mean, just, Start, yeah. you know, it, it wavered to yeah. twelve yeah. a little bit, but then went right, skyrocketed right, right, right back, back up. Yeah. The closer we get to game time, it seems like the uh, the betters out there seem more convinced that Georgia's going to put an old testament, old biblical style butt whipping mm-hmm. on TCU and the hypno toad. Uh, let's talk about the matchup a little bit here, gentlemen. Um, I think one of the biggest issues, factors, I should say, in the game, and it may be an issue for uh, Stetson Bennett, will be that that unique three three five defense yep. that TCU likes to play. And people say, well, they – and I, one thing is I think a, a an advantage for Georgia is that it, they won't be totally unfamiliar with the three high, three down look. I mean, don't forget Ohio State with Jim Knowles, famously from Oklahoma State. He runs a three high safety look and likes to use a lot of three safety uh, concepts. And that's basically what Georgia just faced against Ohio State. Yep. And they put up, what, 42 points. Destin Bennett put up 380-something yards passing. Um, and I believe Mississippi State, maybe the only SEC team um, now that Barry Odom has left Arkansas. So I'm not Arkansas is still running the three high three down, but they were the ones predominantly in the SEC. They were running the three high three down. It does shock the system a little bit when you see it for the first time. TCU's three three. Three three five three high three down is unique though. Um, unlike Iowa State's 
three high, three down, which is what most teams try to run, some variation of it. They run more quarters than cover two. You people talking about the inverted Tampa two. They run more quarters coverage with their three high, uh, three down group. They bring their safety down into the box to have a three, four look or to give that overhang uh, to bring another guy into the box to stop uh, the run or to at least be able to neutralize the run. They blitz a lot less than an Iowa State or even an Arkansas runs a three high, three down. They have the lowest blitz rate in the country um, and the second lowest stunt rate, meaning twists and stunts up front. They don't do a lot. They're pretty vanilla up front. They just win. They just yep. win one-on-ones. And, uh, uh, you know, traditionally the three high, three down, it lures defenses into a false sense of security. I always say it's a truth that tells a lie. Uh, you believe you have the numbers advantage in a box when you actually don't. Just because there are only five guys in the box doesn't mean there are only five defenders in the fit. You can have seven, eight run defenders in the fit. They're just not physically in the box. Uh, and that's why they sling, what they call sling a lot of their run fits. Uh, they steal gaps with uh, these hybrid players, very versatile players like D. Winters yep. uh, or Dylan Horton uh, on the edge. Uh, and just because of those little, you know, uh, really unique uh, tendency breakers from the three high three down. It makes them a lot different than your normal three high three down. And we'll see if those small changes, those small differences, will be able to discombobulate a veteran quarterback like Stetson Ben. Well, one of the things too, when I look at this team um, and look at their history, you know, there was a bunch of stats at looking at this this game with Georgia. If Georgia wins tonight. They will will tie a major record for twenty nine wins over two seasons. They will be twenty nine and one. Hmm. And the fear that I have about this game, not not on uh, Georgia's side, but the one about what you just said, the three three five and hmm. how they were playing and effectiveness. But I don't think the corners that they saw last week are better than the ones that they're going to see this week with that three three five. Just like you talked yeah. about them being the top two corners in the country. That's stats. They let you know one's a Thorpe Award winner and the other side is one of the best corners nobody's talking about. You know, so th- mm. that's going to be a big look for me. But then you also look at it. Georgia is 32-1 and one in its last 33 games. In this century, only Miami, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Florida State, and USC have matched or surpassed that type of run. So to me, all of the pressure, all of everything that's going on out there is on Georgia. I think this is why it's so intriguing to watch what TCU is able to do because of the fact don't nobody give them a chance. They haven't. We just talked about how the line didn't barely even move. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like, nah, man, we're rolling with this. This is where we're going to be. This is how yeah. we're going to go about it. But it's still you. You still look and say, does TCU? Even though we've all seen them play, we've seen them all year. Watched them go up and down the field and make plays and being consistent. Uh, Kendra Miller. May not play in this game. Uh, they the, said he's. Uh, I believe Sonny Dyke said he's optimistic that they went through some work yesterday with Kendra Miller. Uh, sorry, two days ago he was great. He was sore yesterday. They're optimistic they're going to at least. I think try Kendra Miller. Playing. Would you, Would you try it? Yeah, I definitely would. It's a championship game. But I mean, if my man can't move, I mean, if he doesn't look like himself, well, they how quick do you well, make think, that decision I, I to take him out of I there? Think, I think that's why they'll. 
they'll they'll start out and try it out. Because I was trying to watch him in warm ups. They were going to him every they, once in a while, but look? they didn't show him. They didn't show enough of him okay. for me to be able to say. But he's oh, out okay. there. Yeah, he's out there. I, I mean, Sonny Dykes essentially hinted that they're going to try it out. Now you're right; it may not hold up, and it may not be as explosive. And then they, against Georgia, especially right, the fastest defense you faced all year, yeah. you got to be on your A game. And if he's not, then yeah, you got to go with De Mercado, who was yep. had his best game yeah, of his career. Say, he was fantastic, game, and he's playing at home. Yeah, he's Mom's playing. Coming from Inglewood up to family, no good. He's got family there. Uh, so, yeah, the big question where is, is going to be how does TCU's defense match up with the Georgia running game and really the Georgia lines of scrimmage, right? The, the TCU defense has, I think, their, their biggest asset is their two corners. We talked about it. They have the two uh, best, I think, cornerback duo, I should say, uh, in, in college football. If you look at opposing completion percentage, they are Josh Newton is second in college football, 34%. Uh, Tomlinson, who is the Thorpe Award winner, Trevis, yep. Trevius Hodges Tomlinson, mm-hmm. 34.7%. That's third in the FBS. They're the only cornerback duo both inside the top 20. They are the best in college football. So TCU can really take chances. They have the luxury of being able to allow those guys to lock up one-on-one, zero coverage potentially on the outside, and then devote numbers to stopping the running game. That's what they did with Michigan. Michigan had 186 uh, rushing yards. But remember, 54 of those came on the first play of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, they were able to really neutralize uh, Donovan Edwards after they after that first big run that he had. And then I think they had a 20. Remember, that was like a, a 20 and then another 20 plus short run by J.J. McCarthy. So at 59 yards, I think, came on two J.J. McCarthy runs back to back. If they really focus on, you know, stopping this quarterback scrambling, which Destin Bennett doesn't do a ton of, but he can. Right. The traditional running game, I mean, they pretty much stole. Walled Michigan's traditional running game. Yeah. Um, after the 54 yard run on the first play, um, I mean, basically after that, you go look at it, they're averaging close to like three yards per rush after that in the traditional running game. Yep. So I think that's going to be the big issue. Georgia's offensive line, second lowest pressure rate allowed in college football, 12.7, lowest knockdown rate allowed, 1.8, and Georgia has uh, averages 2.6 yards before contact in the running game. That's sixth best in Power 5. The reason that matters is because TCU's defense really isn't great at being able to stuff the run. Stuff run means stopping the run at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. They're actually 95th and their rate of uh, basically being able to contain running backs at or behind the line of scrimmage. That's a concern. A lot of their plays are made down the field. If you're seeing Georgia get chunk yards in the running game, Harge, it's going to be a long night for that TCU defense. But they've been really stout against the run so far. I think that's going to be the gauge. Yeah, and here's one of the other things, too. The other thing we need to look at is how is that defense going to stop Georgia's tight ends? Georgia's tight ends are the big play uh, people on their team, and they've been con- they've, they've been contained a little bit here lately. But if they can get them going and they look at the tight end position, this is going to be something I want to see if D. Winters and those those linebackers are able to crack those tight ends from from Georgia. 
I think they match up actually well with the tight ends just because they have a lot of hybrid players on their defense. I actually think they actually do match up well with Georgia's tight ends. I'm not worried about the tight ends as much or the wide receivers as much because you got two really yeah, good corners. Yeah. I love Bud Clark at the safety position. I think he's one of the best he's safeties. Big. He's, he's been, been big. Man, he's been making a ton of plays. Yep. So he'll make them pay for going to those tight ends too much. Uh, they can be exploited, though, with their other safeties. I, I love their two corners, and I love Bud Clark, but uh, Abe Kamara uh, – is another one of those guys that can be exploited. Bradford can be exploited. Yep. Mark Perry can be exploited. So you'll see Georgia spread TCU out and try to go a lot of unbalanced formations, whether that's three by one sets or whether that's hell, it'll even go quads at times. And what they'll what they're trying to do is get at those those slot safeties. Yep. The whatever safety is playing the slot or whichever safety is matched up on those slot receivers or the slot tight ends that they flex them out, that's the matchup they want. They want to stay away from those corners because those corners will make you pay. You really want to stay away from Bud Clark because Bud Clark will make you pay. Uh, what you want to try to exploit, yep. though, are those other safeties in that secondary, and they can be exploited. So I'm with you. D. Winters, I, I like D. Winters Me in, too. in He's coverage. Been playing well, I mean, man. This guy's a former safety that's yeah. now playing linebacker, so he can cover. He feels comfortable in space. And uh, so I like their linebackers. I think, I think their linebackers actually can, you know, neutralize the tight ends. I don't know if they'll go buck wild on them. What I'm worried about is once Georgia spreads out TCU, then they can identify where to exploit the matchup disadvantages or advantages, and they will be uh, any safety not named Bud Clark. Basically, yep. no, no, that's, that's his itch. That's if he's a, not named Bud Clark, don't don't throw at that guy, but throw at everybody else. Yeah, that's what you gotta have to do. Speaking of, speaking of TCU and what what expected, what is expected from them, I just want to give a shout out to some of the Central Texas kids that are playing in this uh, college football uh, playoff. Uh, Travius Hodges. Tomlinson, somebody you just talked about, mm-hmm. uh, Thorpe Award winner. He's from Waco Midway. Quentin Johnston, number one, is from Temple. He's a former Longhorn recruit and commit, actually. And then he flipped late. They will both be wearing number one. Number 18, Jared Riley. I mean, Wiley uh, from Temple, tight oh, yeah. end, former Longhorn. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 47 on the t- uh, def- offensive side, Carter Ware. He is from Liberty Hill. He will be playing one of the tight end positions. I don't know how much he plays, but he's representing number 86 on the uh, wide receiver room. Curtis Raymond III, he's from Dripping Springs. Luke Dobbs is from Round Rock. He's a redshirt freshman. And this is a different one. Chandler Morris, your guy Mm. that you had as the winner. Uh, He ended up graduating from Highland Park, but he has Austin, Texas ties because his father, Chad Morris, was the head football coach at Lake Travis. So he still have a little bit of connection. So those guys will be representing the Syntex right now in the national championship game. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it's a lot of – Texas representation period on the TC. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, oh, and they're, they're <laughs> proud of that, by the way. And they're the first team to play for uh, the national title from the great state of Texas since Texas did in 2009. So yeah. uh, they are, you know, right now a lot of Texas fans and programs, uh, fans of programs in the state of Texas, they're a little anxious, too, about this game because if TCU yeah. pulls off the – arguably the greatest upset in national title history in the modern era. And that's what you're talking about here as a 13-point dog, potentially. It'll have a huge reverberating impact yeah. all throughout the state in recruiting and really just in the demand and the competition for resources in the state. Yeah, no Overall. doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I'll also throw in this stat for you that uh, one of the glaring differences on the teams is to turnover margin. Yep. Of this game that I'm, I'm, I think if you want to talk about keeping it in the numbers, that TCU has a plus nine in 
uh, turnover margin, and Georgia actually has a negative one. I think they had a negative four last year when they won the title. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like it's something that's over the world bad yeah. for them, but something where if you go, hey, man, you're trying to keep it in two scores, mm-hmm. turnovers, you figure TCU wins that battle, yep. and if you figure they win that battle, that's another thing that will keep it closer in that number. Yep. No, I agree with you. And another thing that will keep it close is that Georgia pass defense. I don't know what's going on with Georgia's <laughs> pass defense lately, but it has been subpar, to say the least. They've allowed 850 passing yards in the last uh, you know, look at the last three games. So, they, I mean, they have really been lit up. LSU ended up uh, having a ton of yardage throwing against um Against uh, against this Georgia defense, they allowed. I think LSU actually had thirty points. Um, Ohio State ended up with forty-one points. They allowed five hundred and two yards passing yep. and three hundred and forty-eight yards passing. I mean, that's just something that TCU has to be looking at and thinking to themselves: they can get some explosive plays against this pass defense. I like Georgia's pass defense. They got some NFL players in it. Um, but TCU all year long has been really good at maximizing big plays. Max Duggan leads college football in touchdowns of twenty plus on 20-plus yard throws with 18. Also 19 completions of 30-plus yards. That also leads uh, college football. If they're not generating big explosive plays, then you know this TCU offense is going to struggle because Max Duggan doesn't really get in a rhythm. I haven't seen Max Duggan in a rhythm really all year long. And that's he, the beauty of him. He just makes basically right. makes clutch plays in clutch time in terms of him getting into a rhythm into a groove dissecting a defense that's not really what he does he just ends up making big plays that are back breaking yep. to the defense at crucial pivotal moments what 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 are your expectations from the very beginning uh, the energy in the game obviously we talked about how Georgia was just here they were in the championship won the championship last year and got a chance to create what most will say oh they're building something. You talked about their recruiting and how it's been at a all-time high for the last few years. Probably since Kirby Smart got there, they yes. took it to the next yeah. level. And now they have a chance to cement themselves as a back-to-back champion. Um, do, you ex- do you expect jitters from both of these teams coming out? Do you think the energy is mm. going to be there? Because these guys now, they've been out there warming up. They've been going through everything. They've been practicing. They know that this is the end of the road for the season, um, getting ready to move over. But 13-and-a-half points, 13-and-a-half points in number. that locker room with guys that have been competing and playing hard all year. They've only lost one game. And you talked about the experience. Is TCU able to handle their business in this? I'm nervous because Dez picked them. Oh, Lord. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh yeah, that should make you nervous. No, they actually, in terms of experience, like obviously TCU doesn't have college football playoff experience, so Georgia right. hasn't beat there. But they're just one of the most experienced teams in the country. They only got one first or second year player that sees significant snaps. The rest of these guys, you got eight, fifth, and sixth year seniors in their starting twenty-two. Yeah. Eight players with thirty starts. Fourteen players with at least twenty starts. They do have guys who should not be overwhelmed by the moment, but first time playing in a game of this magnitude, I imagine some guys will have some jitters. What I like about TCU's experience, though, is mostly on the O-line and also where they've been healthiest on the O-line. Mm-hmm. They, they haven't missed one start out of all their five starters. Not one of those guys has missed a start on the offensive line. Um, and I think surprisingly, everybody expected you know TCU to lose the battle in the trenches to Michigan. And the only thing that I think shocked me out of that game was that they actually dominated the trenches. 
They won the line of scrimmage against Michigan. Jim Harbaugh's teams famously are bully ball teams. Mm-hmm. He every and he's successfully built bully ball teams everywhere he's gone. Whether it's been Stanford or whether that was with uh, the 49ers or even now with Michigan, Jim Harbaugh's a bully ball guy. And TC went out there and bullied the bully ballers. Wow. Like, that's wild to me. Mm-hmm. So that makes – I'm not saying they can play with Georgia because Georgia's got a different line of scrimmage than even Michigan's got. But Michigan was a top-five defense, and TCU went out there and was able to run the ball yes. against Michigan's top-five defense. They were able to throw the football yes. down the field and make plays against Michigan's top-five defense. Uh, I, I think it'd be foolhardy to think that you know Georgia's going to go out here and just blow out TCU. Schematically, they've had a really good game plan all year long. It's the air raid and the three high, three down, representing the two most uh, groundbreaking football concepts to be popularized and to be devised and to to be created in the Big Twelve. Yeah, and I think it kind of represents the Big Twelve and TCU. You know, I, I said they're they're very. It's an unlikely championship uh, contender because they only got four. What I count four blue chip players on their entire starting twenty two. You just wouldn't see that these days. But I, it's, it sounds crazy to say that they they match up well with Georgia in certain parts of the game, but they do. Right? They really and they got more NFL talent than most people think. I think Georgia's going to win. I think TCU is going to keep it within that. 13 points. Still. I think the TCU will keep it close. Shout out to Gary Patterson for his development of a lot of these guys. Amen to that. You know, he came in, they work, they understand the work ethic. They've been told all their lives that they're not good enough. They're not, they're, they're, you, those schools didn't even come after you. Still so you, you're still getting disrespected. Mm-hmm. That's what that speech is like right now. To go out there, to have this opportunity to put TCU in a whole nother category when you start talking about national championships. Lee Corso, by the way, should we be nervous that Lee picked TCU? I understand why he's picking them because they do seem like a team of destiny to a certain extent. Like they don't, uh, yeah, you. you know what I mean? There's go not a you. lot of reasons for them to be here, but they go just find you. a way to win games. And uh, I'll go back to, you know, the 47 teams received a vote in the preseason AP poll. TCU did not. Right. Uh, since 1998, the only other school to make the national title game without receiving a vote in the preseason AP poll was Auburn in 2013. And the last national champion that started the season unranked was Georgia Tech in 1990. Hell, they weren't ranked till week six. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were picked to finish seventh in the Big 12, five and seven a year ago with 200 to one odds to win the national title. And now they're in it. It's, it's at this point. It's like, man, why two hundred to one? Yeah, it's like, why stop believing now? Hey, like, if you if play you, the song. Yeah, play the smooth soul Monday. Don't yeah. stop believing. Like, don't stop believing. <laughs> TCU now. If you've been on the bandwagon, I like the TCU team though. They've made me a believer because um, I think schematically they bring a lot to the table that people that teams don't appreciate. They they people think they're. Their schemes lack sophistication uh, when in reality, because they're kind of the air raid and the three high, three down, um, when in reality they have a lot more unique uh, traits to these specific air raid systems or the three high, three down that I think may end up proving to be advantageous, even versus the most talented team arguably in the country in Georgia. Yeah. So (sighs) it's going to be fun to watch. It's definitely going to be fun to watch. And, again, I know a lot of people are like, I can't root for TCU. I can't. Look, I don't care who you root for. Let's just hope that a team does not get blown out in the national championship game. This is what we've been waiting for all year, to watch a game like this and see 
if TCU, who has been up against it the entire time, mm-hmm. you talked about, it, didn't even get a vote. And I'm trying to figure out why they didn't get a vote. Like, why? You, you got a great coach that was coming over in Sonny Dykes, and everywhere Sonny has been, he's been successful. They've been good. That's true. You bring in a new offensive coordinator in Garrett Riley. You bring things in. What, what's your defensive coordinator's name? Joe Gillespie. Yeah. Created this different offense, I mean, defense that is unique to some, but in the Big 12, we've seen it. Mm-hmm. Now you're getting a chance to go out there and play on the biggest stage against the team that everybody thought would be here. We all thought that they would be yeah, here. They're trying to go. They're trying to repeat. They're trying to repeat yeah. this. Very, very interesting and intriguing matchup for me tonight. Yeah. Um, the only champions to repeat since 1980, Nebraska, 94, 95, Bama, 2011, 12. And, yes, I know people said USC, but USC technically they vacated that second championship technically. So, yeah, you can consider USC yeah. if you want to. But it doesn't happen a lot to have repeat champions. That's what Georgia's trying to do in this matchup. All right, we come back. Uh, Jalen Catalan, top safety in the transfer portal, committing to Texas. John Calipari, contacted by the University of Texas. And Jay Witt, Christian Jones, returning to the 40 Acres for one more football oh, season. Yeah. All those topics and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to put on the horn. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Smooth Soul Monday. Thanks, my man Patrick. Always doing a great job on a smooth soul Monday. And, ooh, man, we're in between the sheets. Boy. Hold on. So, we got two Ozzy Brothers selections? I did. They're playing here this week. Right. Yeah. Kim X and Love. Yeah. That's a good point. Shit Played some maze with Frankie Beverly. I've given him a lot of love. They're playing here this week. That's a great point. See, he's a man about town. There yeah, you go, man. Patrick, man. always reminding you what's happening in the live music capital of the world. Uh, well, also something that will be happening in the live music capital of the world. There's a lot of discussion about uh, the uh, Texas uh, basketball head coaching position. Now, interim uh, head coach. Coach Rodney Terry did a great job uh, bringing this team uh, kind of back to life, if you will, in their win over Oklahoma State after their disappointing loss to K-State. So you got a, a Breton death march and a Herculean task uh, for him ahead of him in the Big 12 Conference. Um, but if he can, you know, perform well in the Big 12 Conference and perform well uh, in March Madness, in the Big Dance, in the tournament, everybody believes Rodney Terry's got a really good job of keeping uh, or at least – moving on from the interim tag and becoming the permanent head coach at Texas. But here's a report from Travis Branham, 247 Sports National Basketball Analyst. He posted this on a Texas message board on Monday afternoon that the Longhorns have contacted John Calipari through back channels in regards to becoming Hmm. the new head coach of Texas basketball. All right, gentlemen, John Calipari name being thrown around now in the mix I, I do believe Texas is one of those jobs where, you know, you should just make a wish list 
your ultimate wish list and just force all the top candidates to tell you no. Until right. you get down right. to, I don't know, your third, your fourth, fifth choice, whatever it may be. Because everybody will take the phone call of Texas. Even yeah. if they are Even not they interested in the job. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. The agent will take the call because the agent wants to bump the Bevo bump and pay for his client yep. who may be, sought, may be highly sought after by one of the most affluent brands in all of sports. So they want, so they'll take the call. And if you're in Texas, I mean, this just may be them, you know, due diligence. We're doing their due diligence, deciding, all right, of our wish list, we got our top 10 candidates. This is one of them. And maybe we're just reaching out to one of them. Yeah. I I think that everybody should be reached out to if you're the big dog. Like, you know, we've been talking about Jay Wright. We Jay talked Wright. about Jay Wright on Friday. Mm-hmm. He's actually not coaching right now. He's in studio. That's ideal. So that's, that, <laughs> yeah. That's and, he, and he fits the mold of mm-hmm. a winning coach. I just I said on Friday while you were out, I was like, I don't know if my man um, Del Conte wants to hire him because then they're going to be a battle for the suits. Oh, he does dress up, man. He does clean. clean. I hope they got different tailors. So. <laughs> exactly. They compete tailors. But then the John Calipari name is is something that as a basketball person, you would sit there and you say, why not? Why wouldn't he do it? He can come to the University of Texas. He can be that guy that can recruit. We've all talked about the one and dones and what was expected. He he's lived that life. Mm-hmm. He's lived that life. Texas has they've gotten McDonald's All American in the past. This will take it that much higher. Uh, we thought it was going to be able to happen when we had Chris Beard, but then things obviously changed, and now the whole direction is going. Uh, they're going in a different direction, so to speak. But here's the thing: when you come to Texas, and Patrick, you mentioned this, the expectations are different. Like. Everybody knows this is a football school, mm-hmm. and I talk about it all the time. People always ask me. We talk about all the national championships, all this other stuff. They've got this player, this other. They always say, well, what's up with your football team? Nobody ever say, oh, your baseball team did great. What are you doing? There's so much that is out there. Mm-hmm. So if I'm Chris Del Conte and you're looking at I need to continue to field the Moody Center, I'm going out there and I'm going to get the best. Splash hire? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, but I think, like, if you want to talk about who I think he would be looking at, I think it would be more like an Eric Musselman. That's who I think that CDC would be looking more at as a guy who goes, okay, this guy is a guy who can come in and not need to be the main guy to school, that he's okay being a football school, coming from Arkansas, and can win games where he's not going to be like, oh, no, no, I need, I need time. Oh, no, no, I'm not, I, I meet the donors first, yep. and I'm trying to take ahead of Sark which some of these guys might have more of an issue with. That's a good point. Uh, because they're used to being the, the big dog on yeah. campus. Yeah, yeah. And when you come to Texas, you're not the big dog on campus as a basketball coach anymore. Right. Chris Beard knew that coming in because he came, he was from Texas. Texas yeah. Uh, so you just have to find a guy like that. I think it will be Musselman. But then when you talk about, hey, man, maybe we're looking at him. Maybe he's happy in Arkansas. So if you say yep. that's a guy we're zeroing in on or this guy and then we have this as our backup and they both say no and you didn't talk to Jay Wright and you didn't talk to Billy Donovan and you didn't talk to John Calipari, you didn't do your job because now you're on on your 12th person mm-hmm. because you ignored those other ones and they may be happier where they're at now or they may go somewhere else to have another conversation. So you got to do that. You have a season pretty much to get through it unless you're going with somebody who is a commentator and not currently coaching, cool. in which case you can maybe bring them in a little bit sooner to get recruiting back on where you want it to be. But again, this goes into until Rodney Terry either loses this team where they lose a bunch of games yeah. or they're all the recruits leave. Yeah. Is that's when you start to Texas have to start hit the panic button and go, Hey man, we're winning, but 
we just lost all of our recruits and we got a bunch of seniors and oh boy, next year's gonna be rough. Mm-hmm. So, so, so me, yeah. So let me ask you this. Excuse me, Patrick. I'm maybe cut good. you off. Billy Donovan has been in the NBA for quite some time yep. now. Mm-hmm. Do you think he wants to do what you have to do to be a re- recruiting wise? Do you think this is something that he you gotta like? You gotta like. You recruiting. gotta like recruiting. You gotta, like, you sorry, you gotta with, love it. You gotta yeah, love recruiting. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that. You've been away from all this. Now yeah. you're going to deal with NIL. You're going to deal with all this other stuff that's going on. Oh, where it's a turnoff. Oh, you got to do. I've talked to a lot of coaches. Yeah. It's, a, it's a turnoff, man. It is. Oh yeah. To the I, know, I don't know. And but Jay Wright, that's who he is. Oh yeah. And Calipari, mm-hmm. that's who he is. I agree 100. percent But that's why I'm saying you call them all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because yeah, no you, doubt. you might. No it doesn't doubt. hurt you to call him. Yeah. If he says, "Hey man, I don't. I ain't going nowhere near college no more." Right. <laughs> hey man, I was maybe doing some stuff that was a little shadier in the mm-hmm. past. Yeah. Florida's been known for some things, but nope, I'm but you. now it'd be legal. Right now, but now I can do this, <laughs> but I don't want to deal with it in that world right. because now I got to compete with everybody above the table, and that's yeah. a whole different. Yep. Like I get I that, but you make the call. Yep, make because the call. you make the he call because you call, and he may go, "Hey, man, you know what? I want to go to a school, but I don't want to go to one of these schools where I'm expected to be a national champion in the first year. Yep. But if I come there, then I got a couple years to build. You you just lost a senior class, so you know I, I think he could go to a place like Texas. A lot of these guys could go to a Texas and know there's not the pressure of I'm fired in two years, three years, that because of the expectations, because the history of Texas basketball yeah. hasn't been that, yep. that you get Great a point. longer leash. Uh, Shaka wasn't fired. Shaka left. Yeah, very true. And by like, the way, even Shaka the wasn't 25. fired, and there was two years where it was really close to him being fired. He wasn't even fired. He left and went to Marquette. Technically, yep. yeah, you're right. I'm just saying, yeah, like, right. no, it, no, it was. Right. It was, I remember that. But that, so if you're going, he even got. The leniency he got. Te- yeah. Now the, the seat Texas, was as hot. He couldn't fixed, sit down. The seat was so hot. Texas basically fixed Shaka up with, with Marquette. Yeah, yeah. They foisted him upon Marquette. But, but they did that, which we talk about the Texans firing guys. If you want to go, hey, man, he got him another coaching job. Didn't give him the disgrace. He was never fired at Texas. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're going to have that. Yep. That makes it a little bit more appealing to some of these guys who be like, hey, man, they even took care of that last guy who I like, and they took care of him. When the situation yeah. wasn't right, I yeah. think there's a lot of people that where it may be a more enticing job because the money's there. The money's there for recruits. Mm-hmm. You have a brand new, new building. Arena. You've got a lot of things going for you. But at that all being said, a lot of them are going to like it because Rodney Terry's got this team in a good place right now, and no, they go, okay. "Hey man, if you get through that, this team's already set up." I, you know, yeah. I don't know. Some guys may not want to do it because they don't want to take a job away from them. right. Right. It could be the case. I mean, if for some reason uh, you're right, I mean, Chris Beard was able to attract a lot of former head coaches to the program, and honestly, that ends up helping you in this crisis situation where he's ousted and he's done, um, but at least you still have a lot of that uh, leadership, that experience on the squad of a guy who's coached the team already. So Rodney Terry just ended up in a, a really good spot. And I'm with you, too. I think, strangely enough, that Shaka Smart, uh, experience you can't spin it that hey man Texas Texas basketball is trying to look out for yeah. their coaches yeah and I mean yeah. unless you end up in a Chris Beard situation well we left us no choice yeah and that shocker yeah. thing will tell you he is very well liked among coaches he's very he's very well liked I mean among those yeah. uh those administration administrative people behind the scenes at Texas I know that for a fact too yeah which is kind of why 
it's a different situation than the Tom Herman situation. It's like, get your out of here, <laughs> as opposed to, oh, uh, you know, Shaka, would you uh, consider uh, another opportunity? Yeah. <laughs> it was very yeah. different uh, situations yeah. there. So, uh, yeah, all right, uh, for Texas, um, a couple of other stories we'll get to tomorrow because we couldn't dive in deep to them today. Christian Jones returning for Texas on the offensive line and right tackle, and Jay Witt returning for their senior years. Uh, that's going to be something we'll get deeper into tomorrow. Uh, we also talked about Brendan Marion got into that, that he's leaving Texas to go take the OC job in play-calling duties at UNLV. Uh, Jalen Catalan also yep, didn't yep, mention yep. that. We got to dive deep into that tomorrow as well. That'll be another big story. Jalen Catalan, top safety in the transfer portal, committing to the University of Texas, was a preseason All-American uh, prior to the 2021 year, but has missed a lot of games, only played in seven the last two years, but there's no doubt has an NFL skill set. Guy will be playing on Sundays, uh, but before he does that, he's going to be playing on the 40 acres. Good news yep. for Texas. Um, all right, we come back. We'll break it down. And we'll wrap it up, put it in the oven. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104 Down the Hornets. Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's five o'clock somewhere. Wait. It's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's that is... Pop a top again. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. And we are, oh, looks like a lot of the, uh, the jitters out there. Like uh, both Bo teams. <laughs> yeah, both teams starting off with early penalties. Yeah. Uh, punt already by TCU. Georgia has the ball. First play for them. And you got, uh, yeah, looks like a false start. Yep. By, by, so both both teams starting out with some early penalties. TC Max, I'll say Max Duggan missed Couple of early throws. He scrambled to throw and missed a wide open Quentin Johnson. Then he missed on that uh, that deep comeback route there for, on third and twelve. Man, if Max Johnson, like I said, he he doesn't have a rhythm though. Right. So that that's right. That's that exactly. Right. He doesn't have a rhythm. Usually, yep. he just makes big plays at crucial times. So we'll see if he can do that versus Georgia. I'm a little nervous for TCU because Kendra Miller's not playing. I thought he would have a shot because he was out there warming up. Not gonna happen. And I just looked at those Georgia linemen walking by. Oh, them, they, they look massive. They're way bigger than TCU's guys. Like, look at look, they, how they, they get a are shot massive. Way bigger than TCU's guys. All of them. Yeah. Wear you down, man. Wear you down. It's a four quarter game, so yep. it's going to be on. TCU's got to get a good start in this game. I don't see them having those miraculous comebacks or getting down to a Georgia being at a battle of backs. So a good start or a fast start is going to be crucial for them. Yep. Um, and I go to tight end. Tight ends, you've been there talking about. There you go. Yeah, yeah. All still right. early. Still early. Guys. I just want a good game now. You, competitive me, and game. everybody. <laughs> you, me, and everybody. All right, I guess we already know what's on tap. We're all watching this game tonight. No doubt. Something. No doubt. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm all in on this thing. Uh, Patrick? At least till halftime. Yeah. This, <laughs> do you, I don't know if we got your official pick pick. I think I said I picked uh, TCU to keep it within the 13, but I picked Georgia to win. The yeah, game. I'm yeah. with you on that one. I think they cover, but I don't think they win. Okay, there you go. All right. Yeah, and I'm I mean, also, when cover. we look at TCU being a comeback team, they could they could get a backdoor cover in this game as well. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Where it'd be, it's, a, it's a basic game that Georgia controls the entire way, has a, maybe a 20-point lead or something at one point, and then TCU just kind of slowly chips away at it. Yeah, gets in, gets those, you know, yeah, has yeah. the fourth quarter where they outscore them by, like, 
14 or something like I'm that. Because Jordan and doesn't covers. care anymore. Yeah, yeah. They're in the stand. They're already at, celebrating. Yeah, looking at hot they're, chicks in the stands yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I'm already trying to figure out I where they're going to party at. I hope that's not the game. I hope it's already. not either because I want it to be a good game. Yep. Yeah, that would that would really that'd be upsetting if that's the kind of game we got. If it's over with by the 12, by the second quarter or something. So uh, everybody who's, who's uh, staying to stay tuned in to us, we appreciate that instead of watching the national title game. So thank you. That's yep. what DVR is all about. But if you missed any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com and you can catch up with them on the podcast page it's just that simple and yeah if you can't watch uh if you can't listen to instant serious tonight we will be on at uh, 8 p.m talking a whole lot of nfl not a lot of college football probably because you'll be watching this but uh, a lot of nfl Mm -hmm. uh if you want to check that out uh it'll be in the podcast page as well so if you're watching the game you can you check it out there i love that there you go nice uh and uh tomorrow like i said we didn't get deep into the Jay Witt returning, Christian Jones returning, which means 10 of the 11 starters returning for Texas on offense, which is good. But don't forget, those are also 10 starters you had for the bowl game, basically. Exactly, right? and it didn't so, look good. I know. And it didn't look Everybody's good. I was like, that's amazing. They're returning 10 of 11 starters. Like, yeah, you had them 10 starters for the bowl game. And technically, <laughs> you're bringing back the 11 starters because you got Jonathan Bur- or no, Keelan Robinson was the starting running back in the bowl game. Yeah. So, so you, at least you got that. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Trust me, I'm happy about 10 of 11 starts returning too, but let's <laughs> slow down on how great the offense is going to be because the return to the starters did show up really in the game versus yeah. Washington in the Alamo Bowl. So, no doubt. Uh, we'll get to that, though, coming up tomorrow um, and also more about Jalen Catalan. That's big news. We didn't. It broke during the show, so we didn't dive deep, deep into it. We'll get into that, and I'll uh, give you some football theory about that coming up tomorrow. And we'll get Derek Johnson, legendary Lifetime Longhorn. That's right. On the show, and congrats to him, who is now an official College Football Hall of Famer. And another person who was on the show with us as well, Michael Bishop. Congratulations to him. That's right. As well. By mm-hmm. the way, that's Jamie Foxx's cousin, in case y'all didn't know. Kenfolk. Yeah. <laughs> Cutty woo-woo. Uh, don't, don't say it because somebody's taping. Okay, we won't yeah, yeah, say yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to be quiet about what just yeah. happened. Okay. All right. Uh, well, everybody, <laughs> please enjoy the game. Um, and remember, the revolution will not be televised. We'll talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves. But more importantly, take care of each other. We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same channel. Peace.